0: Welcome to episode 160 of the GT on 5G. It's the latest insight scoop on everything 5G. We cover six topics in about 20 minutes, so it's brought to you by more insights and strategy. I'm Will Townsend, and joining me again this week is federal analyst Anjul Sag for our second podcast of the week. So my first topic, I want to talk about Vodafone UK and how they're going to lean into Open RAN for their Huawei Rip and Replace program. It's no mystery that Vodafone in general is embracing OpenRAN in many different ways. And so this news comes on the heels of that strategy and what they're starting to do is there are over 2,500 sites in Wales and other parts of England that they're beginning to deploy OpenRAN to remove Huawei gear. And this doesn't surprise me. Number one, Vodafone in Europe has been the mobile network operator that has embraced OpenRAN the most aggressively. And this is something that I've pointed to in the past, too, Open RAN's flexibility and its its CapEx is significantly lower than traditional RAN infrastructure from the, the traditional providers there. I think it's a great strategy for them to do that. Now, one of the challenges will be integration, and I didn't really d- dive into those details to understand that, but it doesn't come without its challenges. And you and I have talked about recently Rakuten and Tarek's departure. And how Symphony and Rakatone have had challenges keeping that business stable and more importantly, growing that business. I don't
1: know if you caught the news, but what do you think? I did. I did catch the news. I thought it was a pretty big win. Are they using Samsung for this or was that a They deal?
0: are. So I'm glad you asked. Samsung and Intel, obviously, from a Compute store employee, Dell Technologies, Capgemini, and Wind River. So it's a number of different companies that are coming together. I expect Cap Gemini will probably focus on the integration of all of this. I
1: thought I, the reason why I saw this announcement was because Samsung was attached to it, and I thought that was a pretty big deal for Samsung Open RAN in general. Yeah. I think it's a big deal. I definitely think this might be one of the biggest real wins for Open RAN from a tier one carrier global. Yeah,
0: no, I agree, and yeah, it proves that OpenRAN can play in the shield and brownfield network deployments. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, to keep our eyes on that and report back as things develop. Let's move to your first topic. You want to talk about Fairphone 5. What is that all about?
1: If you're not familiar, Fairphone is like the ethical smartphone brand. I put air quotes just because ethical is very subjective. Um, oh. But as far as ethics go, they're all about having you use your phone for as long as you can. They have a five-year warranty on the Fairphone 5, for example, and they have 10 years of software updates. So you literally can use the phone as long as you want, and you can hand it down to somebody and they can continue to use it. This new Fairphone 5 has a 5G modem in it. They're actually able to do that because they found a Qualcomm IoT chipset, which IoT chipsets have longer support cycles for software and updates and firmware. What they're able to do is take this chipset that's for IOT and use it in a phone. And I I think it's actually a brilliant idea because it gets them to 10 years of software updates. I think here they're saying it will get OS software and security updates for eight years, which is still really good. And then also it's repairable. So you can like actually take out the camera modules. You can take out the battery. You can swap things out and upgrade things. And that's really a a big deal of this. And then also on top of that, seventy first. It's more than 70% fair focus materials, which means that they're using like recycled or a really transparent supply chain. They also say that they're like paying people a global living wage of $2.63 with bonuses. They're actually trying to really focus on sustainability and paying attention to people's concerns around the smartphone industry. When they're growing as a company, I see them improving their marketing and more people are using their phones. Honestly, if I hear people talk about living conditions and blah, 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 about smartphone factories and things like that, if you really, truly care, this is the brand that, that really addresses those concerns. because They also manufacture all of their phones in using 100% renewable energy. Oh. They really put a lot of thought into how they do this.
0: Google yeah.
1: um, SIM phone has a wide-angle camera and a pretty high-end 50-megapixel main camera. You can actually get good photos out of this thing, and you can really use it like a intentional smartphone and yeah it's the processor in it it's very similar to snapdragon 778g so it's not like it's a really old processor but it's not necessarily a flagship phone either Um, but it has an oled screen android 13 it's really an impressive phone 6.45 inch screen 90 hertz refresh rate corning gorilla glass 5 it it's got a front-facing camera yeah shoots 4k video so it's pretty much everything you would expect. It also has a micro SD slot that supports up to two terabytes. All this comes for about a 700 euro price. Has Wi-Fi. I don't think they claim, which I think it does have Wi-Fi 6. And the battery is a 4200 milliamp hour battery that you can swap out, which is the part the replace, replaceable part that makes it last longer. Nothing on water resistance, but it says it's IP55 and it's 810H. And what else has NFC, which yeah. ones that don't think about these things. And it does fast charging with a 30 watt charger. Well, honestly, I think this is a great phone for people who yeah. are really conscious about the environment. And I think it's better than an iPhone for that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I'm not familiar with the company or the devices, your device, guru, but, and certainly. Apple and Samsung and OnePlus and these other vendors, they're using recyclable material in their devices. But it really sounds to me that their phone is taking it to the next level. I like the removable battery. I like the memory card so that you just, you can extend the life, right, out of this device. And truly with those types of features... You can get a lot more out of it longer term. One of the issues that I'm constantly faced with is just running out of storage on my iPhone. I'm an iPhone user. And uh, I mean, you have to upgrade to do a
1: 2 SD card for 20 bucks.
0: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah, I, I learned something new today because I wasn't familiar with the company. But uh, let's go to my second topic. And I want to talk about Nokia. And Pardon me. I'm dying from allergies this week. It's been pretty bad. But I want to talk about Nokia and they're launching a drone network solution to complement its private 5G offering. And I think this is really innovative on Nokia's part. They certainly have been a leader and very, they're likely the earliest intro into offering private 5G. And so I think this helps continue their momentum there. And so what this is all about, it's an industrial drone solution and you'll get a kick out of this. So. It's not a manufacturer that you'd be familiar with. It's Nokia. So Nokia is going to build these themselves. And it's called Nokia Drone Networks. And it's designed to run beyond line of sight, off of private networks. And if you think about it, there are a lot of industrial use cases for this. Inspection in multiple different industries. I could see applicability in ports, which tend to be a poster child use case for 5G deployment. And so I like it. This gives Nokia a little bit of differentiation. Certainly there are other drone solutions out there that leverage next generation 5G networks, but I think it's pretty cool. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I think we've seen something similar from companies like Verizon. They acquired like a drone network solution. Right. Company that kind of did services and they wanted to layer that on top, but I haven't really heard much from them about it. So I, I wonder how, how much business there really is for this today. But I do agree that with a properly deployed private 5G network, you could really see some really interesting use cases like drones. And I think drones are becoming the more possible application with the right type of 5G deployment. Kind of leads me into my topic. Yeah,
0: that's a great segue. And I'll have some things to say about about this one as well, but you want to talk about NATO testing 5G in Latvia with virtual reality and drones.
1: Yeah, so this news percolated through this news cycle quite a bit. Basically, NATO is using Latvia as like a test ground for its tactical 5G bubble. And basically, they want to use virtual reality, unmanned vehicles, augmented reality, and drones to give the 5G network a good test for real applications. And a lot of these Baltic states are where NATO is doing a lot of its Early testing, first of all, because they want to see how it works close to Russia. Um, but also, these are countries that are more willing to take these kinds of tests and have more modern networks. And it's not just about Russia; it's also about China. And it's just like evaluating how these technologies work better on five G versus mm-hmm. how they worked on four G, and whether or not they're actually pri- ready for prime time.
0: Yeah. The military, we've talked about military applications with 5G and drones would play a big part of that. I'm very familiar with Latvia. I've been traveling there for the last several years for an event called 5G Checkertory. And I'll be attending again in October and likely sharing some of my insights in October after I return. There are three mobile network operators in Latvia, and I spent a lot of time with LMT, Latvia Mobile Teltha. And they have been focused on drone applications for the last two or three years. I think you'll hear more about this. And actually I should learn more while I'm at 5G territory in October. But I think this is, you know, this is a fantastic sort of demonstration or use case and demonstrates the power that 5G could bring to military applications. And to your point for our viewers and listeners that are not familiar with the Northern European geography. The Baltics border Russia, right? So the Baltic states are Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, and given, you know, the geopolitical environment and and, in some of these countries and others joining NATO finally, given the Russian threat, it'll be interesting to see this, this play out. But let's move to my third and final topic. And I want to talk about Maviniar. And I've been a little critical of the company. I think rightly there have been a lot of missteps. There was an IPO that was pulled. There have been several large reductions in staffing based on maybe the company being a little too aggressive with its growth prospects and that sort of thing. Actually, our friend Mike Dano, like reading, sent an article this week, and he's talking about how Mavenir. his headline was, Mavenier's mobile core business hits the skids. And what he's meaning by that is that, it, which if you look back at 2020, Mavenir was considered a top five supplier. And you've got companies like Cisco that provide a converged global core. Now you have HPE with its acquisition of Athenet. That'll be out there front and center. And so certainly Nokia and Ericsson and even Wale. And basically what's happened is Mavenir has dropped out of the top five. Although Mike talks about how... Their CEO is somewhat defensive of that and was stating that they still believe that they're in the top five, but regardless of all of that, they've lost share. And it makes me wonder, is what they're experiencing in other parts of their business with private and brand and orchestration, are those missteps now filtering down into mobile core? And are mobile network operators and even enterprises that want to deploy these solutions, are they losing faith or mavenir? based on their financial health, then I don't think it takes a, a rocket scientist to figure that one out. I think that is the case. And Mavoneer is going to really have to do something pretty dramatic to, to pull this ship around. So I don't know if you caught the news
1: or not, but any thoughts before we move to your third and final? I did not catch the news, but I do have some thoughts. Um, yeah. It feels like they're in a downward spiral, which is not a good thing. I also think denying that you're in a downward spiral doesn't really fix the problem. So I think they, to your point, they have to do something drastic. Yeah. Um, And I don't really know what's going on there, but I've definitely seen their presence and prominence start to wane in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. And it'll be interesting to see what they do to try and turn that around. Because I think the area that they play in has not necessarily been the best market to be in the last couple of years. Yeah. But I also think things are improving. And there's a chance that they're just not taking advantage of those moves.
0: Yeah. From my perspective, I don't want to be a dead horse, but it's execution and they've gotten a strong portfolio. I've spent time with the company and years prior. And so it's not strength of portfolio. I think it's execution. And I think you alluded, you were alluding to those and I'll just state the obvious core is where it's at, right? As we move from non-standalone to standalone 5G deployments and RAN, which has traditionally been one of their stronger suits and portfolio pieces, that's on the the downslope because these mobile network operators have pretty much fully deployed their RAN infrastructure and now they're going to start deploying 5G core. And the fact that they're not participating to the degree that they were two or three years ago, the timing is just it's the worst timing. It's the flip of what it should be. for them. But with that said, let's move to your third and final. And you want to talk about IFA this year. And I've never been. Have you been?
1: I have been to IFA. It's a, it's usually this time of year, like the first week of September or last week of yeah. August. Um, And I've gone once. It's a very cool show. You'll see lots of interesting things that you've never probably ever seen. Lots of appliances, I will say. say. But there's also lots of other consumer technology like phones. And there were a ton of phone announcements like there usually are. Usually what happens is OEMs, smartphone OEMs will announce devices for China earlier in the year. And if they don't find time, they eventually end up launching their global version there at IFA. Huawei used to do lots of phone launches there. And so did Honor. And unsurprisingly, they did again this year. Huawei Mate 60 Pro launched this week. I don't think they had an official launch at IFA, but they launched during the week of IFA, so I don't think that's a mistake. And it's it supposedly is going to have a 5G modem, and it's also going to have a satellite capability, which is something that they've been talking about for a while, but they won't actually officially confirm either of those things. And part of that is because the, expecta- the understanding is that they are manufacturing these chips themselves in secret factories that they've been supplying under shell companies inside of okay. China with the help of the Chinese government to the tune of 20 to $30 billion. But it
0: sounds pretty There's a bill, it's man. There's
1: whole crazy that's- semiconductor story behind that. Oh, the other crazy semiconductor story behind that is I was in Malaysia last week and I held a Mate 60 Pro and I didn't yeah. as it hadn't even launched yet. So um, color me surprised. I wish I had gone in and figured out what SoC was in there. I was not feeling well. But nonetheless, interesting thing. On top of that, Honor, which used to be part of Huawei, it's now its own company, launched the Magic V2 globally, which it only originally had launched in China. It's the thinnest foldable that's out there today, and that's their claim to fame. And then they also launched a purse prototype, which looks a lot like a Mate 30 Pro or Mate X uh two which is a huawei phone so i don't know what's going on there but it looks very similar if you look that up it's like a concept that you can wear it like a purse i don't really know but uh, on top of that techno announced or showed a rollable phone concept techno is like a budget phone brand in africa and they have a lot of interesting phones that they try to do something different with um and it looks like they're taking the tcl banner and trying to create really interesting budget phones that still have a lot of cool features. Uh, And they have one of the most affordable foldables that are out there. And then Sony Xperia launched their Xperia 5 Mark 5, just same phone kind of series. They updated the specs like they usually do better cameras as per usual, nothing really that exciting there, but it's a new phone. And that's a roundup from IFA 2023, nothing really surprising other than what might be going on with the Mate 60 Pro. But yeah, I definitely haven't been to EFO in a few years. Haven't definitely haven't been since the pandemic, but it's a very European focused show. And that's really where a lot of these OEMs are kind of launched, these phones.
0: I'm surprised that Sony is still making that phone. I remember that phone being around years ago. It doesn't really, it doesn't have a lot of volume behind it, does it?
1: No, they don't have a lot of volume, but they're able to price them and stack them. For the type of consumer that they know will buy them. Yeah. So they are producing them in low volume, but charging a price that is profitable.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if that Huawei may 60 Pro mm-hmm. sell off a truck along with some fake Louis Vuitton
1: bags and some fake Rolex when yes. you're in Malaysia. Cause I know I've been, I've I wouldn't, was I wasn't an official Huawei phone store. I wasn't like, no, a, really. Third party brand. Like in Asia, when you travel, a lot of brands have their own stores. So I went to an yeah. Outbuild store, I went to a Vivo store, the Huawei, DJI, Xiaomi. I, for me, I haven't been to China in four years now. Right. Malaysia has a lot of close connections with China. Yeah. It was really cool for me to actually go into a Western mall. It was very Western in style with lots yeah. of Western brands, but then also all the cool Chinese smartphone brands. So I had yeah. a good time in. I poked around and looked at the price of things and decided if the discount was worth it. And mm-hmm. I, I was a little too tightly packed. So there wasn't much for me to buy.
0: Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Call and four is a beautiful place. It feels like you're Indiana Jones when you fly into that airport and it's just a canopy of trees. And it's probably been 15 years since I've been. So I was a little envious when you told me you were heading over there, but really cool, man. Hey, it's another great podcast. I'm excited for this weekend. I don't know what you're doing, but. I'm wearing my UT Longhorn baseball cap because it's our home opener against Rice. So Hooker Warrens, what are you doing?
1: A lot of nothing. Thankful uh, well, that's mostly because I've been traveling about. like crazy for the last month. Yeah. Uh, probably benchmarking good. all the new GPUs I just got. I'm playing Starfield, which just came out yesterday, early released yesterday, but comes out next week. And yeah, I've just spending time with my wife and dog. Um, oh Padres are awful this year. I'll probably go to the game on Monday, but that's the extent of what I'll do. I They got brutally murdered yesterday. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I went home and had some drinks downstairs at the bar. That was well, the daddy, extent of my baseball adventures yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, when my two daughters were, were younger and I lived in Houston when I worked for Compaq, we'd go to a lot of Astros games. And the best product there was the cotton candy and the popcorn and, and not the place, but I feel your pain and I hope the Padres they find a way to pull it around because, man, they had a great season last season.
1: No, so, I don't think it's happening. this seats, that...
0: yeah. And the Astros are hanging in there. The ALS is tight, right? We've got we got three teams, knock and knock. the Rangers, and another team that I will not mention. But hey, buddy, it was another great podcast. Why don't you take us home?
1: Absolutely. We hope our viewers and listeners found this week's topics interesting. If anyone out there provides insights on a specific 5G topic for a future podcast, please reach out to us on social media. Will's at Willtown Tech and I'm at Onshell Song. We hope you have a great weekend and please tune in again next week. And don't forget to rate and subscribe.